in that time I noticed looking at YouTube, I've put up about almost 50 Sunday and midweek talks plus the kind of last day series and now into Revelation, which we've stopped for a week or two while we get used to doing this. But um, <laughs> it's not as if we've stood still, is it? But it's good to gather again. Now, this morning, this is more of a pastor's talk than a sermon of scripture exposition and application. Uh, today's a very unique, unique day for us as Lighthouse. We were here together almost six months ago, and things now are very different from then. We didn't know when John Glass was with us preaching on the 15th of March that that would be our last Sunday in this building for quite some time. Um, now, you know I'm going to remind you again that this building is not church. We are the church. We're a community of, for, of Jesus and for Jesus. This is our building that we use to gather together and to serve the Lord and our community. There are three pictures of the church in the book of Ephesians, Paul writing to the Christians at Ephesus. First of all, in chapter 2, it's like a building compared to the Jerusalem temple. A place in which God lives. It's his house. So guess what? We don't come to the house of God on a Sunday. We are the house of God. God does not live in buildings made, by, made of brick and stone and steel, but in people and in communities of his people. He wishes to fill every individual Christian and the church community with himself, with his presence by the Holy Spirit. God lives in and among us. In Ephesians 4, the picture there is that the church is like a body in which every member has a place of belonging and a role, a way of participating together for the common good, for the mutual good of one another. We are to be alive. If your body's dead, I don't know how you got here this morning, but we're to be alive and active and effective together for the good of one another and for the as yet unbelieving world. And then in Ephesians 5, the church is like a bride. Now, don't take that all sorts of places. Just stick to what the Scripture says. It's the people that God is making ready for himself to give to his son as his partner. Jesus is himself making his church ready for his appearing on the last day. That's a touching Scripture when you read it. Paul flips between husbands and wives and Jesus and his church. Take some time perhaps, to read the letter through, pick up those pictures. Between those three pictures, in fact, in Ephesians 3, after the first one, before the last two, there's a passage there that has marked my adult life as a Christian. It's the reason why I'm a preacher and uh, a pastor. I'm going to read it to you. It's only a bit of scripture I'm actually going to read this morning, I think. Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason... I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. That's the other thing the church is. It's a family. The whole family in heaven and earth is named after Jesus, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Then verse 20, famous verse, you'll know 21 and 22. Now to him 
who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. If God is to be glorified, not only in eternity, but now, he's going to do it through his church. So the scripture reminds us that church exists for our good and growth, that we grow as individuals and together as a community. We grow, we're made to grow. Uh, If something stops growing, you feed it and water it and seem to try and sort it out, don't you? And then also, church, fellowship together, is what we call, uh, Bible scholars, theologians call, a means of grace. God's grace is varied, and he delivers it to us in various ways. But there are some main channels. Through the Holy Spirit, through one another, through his word, through prayer, through praise and worship, through fellowship, gathering and spending time in the company of our fellow believers. Not just talking about football or about movies, though we can do that as well. We're ordinary people. But we talk together about what encourages one another to keep on trusting God, to keep on following Jesus. Without the regular use of the means of grace, we, we don't gather in the grace we need in every part of life. Church, therefore, exists as one of God's ways of delivering his grace, his help, his strength, his wisdom to us. It's for our good and for our growth. Church exists for our good, but also here for the glory of God in and through his son Jesus. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Not just glory to God from each Christian, that's also true, but glory to him in and through his church, his community. So, we've been six months without this. We were granted permission in July. We said we'd wait until the conditions eased. They haven't much at all. But we decided it's long enough. Let's get, let's get going again. The gathering of church matters so that we may take time from the rest of life to return together to him with thanksgiving and praise and worship so that we may hear his word explained, applied to life. So that we may be filled again, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God which is read, that you may be filled again with God's presence, his love, his light, his wisdom. So we may care for and serve one another. So we may grow in the knowledge, love, and service of God, and that God may be glorified in and through his Son, Jesus. So accepting, wrestling with them a bit, but all the current, res- current restrictions on us, we've come back here again today to be together before the Lord. Yet we must care for and help those who cannot gather with us particularly during this period of COVID-19 transmission and infection. We need to make church available to those who can't be here. So that's why we started live streaming. Now, the church has done this sort of thing for a couple of centuries. In the 1800s, the sermons that Charles Spurgeon preached on Sundays in his churches in South London, by Monday morning were published as leaflets afterwards. And by the way, his Sunday tea time, he'd edit the notes of his sermon and improve them. He'd take out what he wished he hadn't said and add what he wished he did say. So they went out. It wasn't Charles Spurgeon's self-publicity. He was, it was the purpose of communicating the gospel and gathering and reaching those who were beyond the, the walls on Sunday. 
That became the new normal for over 100 years, I guess. Then in my lifetime, that outward communication from the gathered church to others who could not be there or wouldn't come there, but you want to communicate with them, moved, of course, to audio cassettes. Do you remember those? (laughs) Audio cassettes. And then to CDs and then perhaps DVDs, and we've made one or two of those in the past, and now to online audio we've been doing for many weeks until the lockdown, and now we're doing online video, not just a Zoom meeting, but it's live from here. Now, if you'd asked me a year or so, even a year ago, when we're doing live streaming, I'd say, oh, maybe someday. I'd be putting it off. I was resistant to it. But we're doing it now for the sake of our brothers and sisters who can't gather with us. Now, I know that because it depends upon using technology, we may not reach all of those we would wish to. We may still need to make some CDs and print some notes during the week and send those out to a few people to help them still. But we must do what we can to reach our friends. And if others connect in and receive help and encouragement through Lighthouse Church, then that's a secondary benefit. Our primary focus is on those who would be here if they could be here. We want to help them and encourage them. Church exists for our good and growth as individuals and as a community together for the glory of God in and through his son Jesus. We might readily think of attending church so I get something from it. And that's okay. That that is true. But we need also to think about two other things. How being together, I can encourage others. How can I help someone to go back home today more built up than when they came? Not just leave it to the preacher and the worship leader. How can I contribute something? to encourage my brothers and sisters. And we do that very often in these conversations and greetings. and you know, you know, a, a sincere how you're doing that expects an answer. You know. But the even greater purpose is that we gather together as church to honor our God and Savior. Now I'm going to take you back to the old days. Back in the 1970s, we used to sing. I'm not going to sing it to you. We are gathering together unto him. We are gathering together unto him. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. We're gathering together unto him. Okay, anybody remember that one? Four of us, I think. Five. No one knows who wrote it. It's an anonymous little song. It's been used widely in the churches. People as distant and different as as Catholics and Pentecostals used to sing it. I really think it started somewhere in the world as a spontaneous prophetic song in a meeting. I think the song is simple as that. That's how it started. It's based on Genesis 49.10, which is a prophetic prophecy. Prophetic prophecy? <laughs> okay. It's a prophecy about a deliverer who would come from Judah who would gather the people of Israel together to obey the Lord. That, of course, is Jesus. He's from the tribe of Judah. And he's the one that the gathering is to. We gather together to see one another again, yeah, but to gather to the Lord Jesus, to honor him to encounter him. We gather to serve him in a gathered meeting. And we go from that meeting to obey and serve him in this world. When the Lord Jesus returns on the last day, we will be gathered together to him. For now, those of us who can, biblically, should not forsake our gathering together, but exhort one another as much as more as we do see the day approaching, Hebrews 10.25. But we still need to help those who cannot gather. So if you've joined us on live streaming this morning, well done. The Lord bless you and keep you. For this first time, we're glad we got it to work somewhat successfully. 
We aim next Sunday to upgrade some of the technology and gain a bit more skill in using it. That's not no reflection on our cameraman. I'm sure he's doing a great job, but equipment-wise. We'll be moving on to share communion in a few moments. And in a, as we do so, the live stream will end. But if you have bread and wine where you are, or if in this building here you brought yours with you because you'd rather do that than have communion distributed to you, that's fine. Wherever you are, however you want to do it, we're going to do this together because this, again, is a means of grace. When we come again to handle things which remind us so powerfully of the life and death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Why not take the next few minutes to remember and thank the Lord Jesus who received the emblems of his death and victory for us? To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to pray, and then when I've prayed, we'll stop the live stream, and I'll give you some instructions about how we're doing things here in, at KCC as Lighthouse. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you made us for yourself. Though we are by nature broken, fallen, sinful, you are rescuing a people to yourself through your Son, who again are your dear children. And you delight in us individually, but you also delight in us when we gather together around you. When the family has a family time with Jesus, our older brother in the center. And so we've come again here today to worship you, to honor you. And now as we take bread and wine, emblems of the body and blood of Jesus, we pull into mind all that is done for us to win for us this great victory you were singing about earlier, this great deliverance from sin and death and even hell. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the great deliverance that was won there, the great victory that was won. It didn't look like victory to the people looking on, but in the mystery of heaven, the victory was complete. It was finished. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. What we're going to